Welcome to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. This week's message is Noise, Part 6, Ministry from Others, recorded Sunday, April 2nd, 2023. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcdc.org. Now here's Scott with today's message. The belief in supernatural and the supernatural has taken over our culture. Would you agree? Like all of our entertainment, it seems like, you know, the cultural imagination is, it runs wild. I mean, people who have no faith in God, who don't believe in God, believe in supernatural things. And uh, people are willing to believe that angels exist even if they never read the Bible. Uh, there's the idea of having a guardian angel. People talk about that. And of course, there's this onslaught of the media that portrays the angelic world as everything from monsters, from stranger things, to outer limits, to fallen angels club, to Marvel superheroes, uh, to Charlie's angels. Oh, they're not supernatural, they're supermodels. That's a never forget that. There's a lot of interest, that's all I'm trying to say. And on the other hand, there's plenty of people who just deny the whole thing. They'll say there's no, no such thing as, you know, the supernatural. And um, scriptures clearly assert there is. If you read the Bible, you're going to have a hard time dismissing that idea of the supernatural influence on life. And in the Old Testament, there's just any number of, of stories that include the involvement of, of the supernatural. And then, of course, in the New Testament, Jesus, he has all kinds of encounters. And then his followers, Peter, Paul, James, and John, not of the Beatles, but they discuss him in various ways, various different stories where they themselves had some form of encounter. And so, with all of our excitement about this topic, we need to be careful. Never let us make the mistake of putting angels anywhere near the same realm as Jesus Christ. Uh, we do not pray to angels. Uh, we do not talk to angels. At least I don't, I don't talk to angels. Maybe you do, but I don't. I don't worship angels. I hope you don't either. Hebrews 1 specifically contrasts the service of angels with the greater mission of Jesus because he is superior to them in every way. In chapter 1, verse 13, the passage asks, to which of the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? And then it says this, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? In Matthew's gospel, we're told that Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness and we've been highlighting this story now for several weeks. And so when we, when we see his story, he, you know, he went into the wilderness, uh, no food, no shelter. I don't know what he did for liquids, but he, he had to have had some to survive, but probably fairly meager supplies in that way. And yet, when people fast, and maybe you've done some fasting this last month, we've challenged you to, you know that there's something about your spiritual awareness that increases. But we can assume that by the end of that time, he was tired and he was hungry and uh, very depleted physically, you have to, have to would think. So we, we would assume this. 
And then Matthew ends this narrative with this statement, this verse. It says, the devil left Jesus because he'd been tempting him, as you know. And the angels came and attended him. Angels who came to minister to Jesus. And uh, there's something there that I think we can tie into as his children. If you follow Jesus and if you are his child, there's something here. I don't know what for sure for you, but I don't want us to miss something in the imagery of all that. And that is that everyone needs care. Everyone needs ministry. Everyone needs help. Now, at the beginning of the noise series, if you were here, you know that we talked about in Matthew 3 how Jesus had come into the wilderness and he came to be baptized by John. And that occurred. And then it says that there was this moment where the Spirit of God descended on him. And then that Spirit then led him, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness then to be promptly tempted for this 40-day experience of of this challenge in the wilderness. And then, and so in this deeper wilderness, some, some incredible things happened to him. And then after these 40 days, uh, after, after the fasting, it says in 111 that the angels came and attended him. Now, one of the things I find interesting is that, is that he, he already had the Holy Spirit. You know, it says this, that Jesus had the the power and the giftedness of the Holy Spirit with him, the comforter, if you will. So he would have had strength from the Spirit throughout that 40 days. Yet the Father thought it was important to send him at the end of the experience angels. And he could have, you know, if you think about this, God could have done any number of things to bring him sustenance. For instance, he could have dropped quail and manna at his feet because he's done that before. Uh, he could have, you know, sent birds, ravens to feed him like he did for the Old Testament prophet. Uh, He could have sent a caravan with supplies and a Mediterranean chef, for all we know, and just made a great meal for him right there on on the rocks. But he sent angels. Why? First of all, I think there's a window here that shows us the humility or the humanity and the divinity of, of Jesus Christ. So he never ceased being God's son, even though he became the son of man, as the scripture describes him. He called himself the son of man. And yet there's something about this where he experienced all the physical weaknesses, all the human impulses that we do, all the temptations that you and I face. Uh, he had the physical limitations. We assume that being in the desert for 40 days and nights, he would have been ravishingly hungry afterwards because he'd not eaten. And uh, he probably would have been very frail. He probably might have been, been fairly sick because you don't eat if you're after exhaustion and, and food depletion. It could create some real physical issues for you. And that shows us that Jesus accepted that he had limitations as a human being. But I always think about Jesus as the strong one. You know, like when I think about Jesus, I never think about Jesus in any way being any type of weak. I don't know how you are with that. But why did they need to care for him? What is it about that? 
It says that the angels, in my, the version I read in the New International Version, it says that the angels attended him. What does that mean? Attended him. Well, the Greek word would be translated ministered to or served him. Served him. So these angels are messengers engaged in service. That's how they're described, and that's a scriptural consistency throughout. Now, understand this. I, don't, I would not like this to be misunderstood about this message. I do believe in the supernatural. I do believe that there is supernatural involvement in our world, and it hasn't gone anywhere. In other words, it wasn't just then, and it's not going to be some other time, but it's, it seems like it's consistent. Uh, I believe there are forces that are at work both against God and for God's message to be described and taken into the world. I believe that some people are under stronger influence than others. And, and I, I know this could be true because we see this, what happens with, you know, with Jesus' encounters with people all the time when he was on earth. I believe that his children, his kids, have power from the Holy Spirit to be protected from that to withstand any kind of spiritual pressure that comes our way. And I don't buy into the myths of Hollywood and YouTube and Netflix and whoever else people go to to understand the supernatural. But here's what we see. When we are people of the word of God, here's what we see. Colossians 1.16 says, In him, in him, Christ, all things were created. Things in heaven, things on earth, all things, things visible, things invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him, for him, period. So I don't buy into the myth, for instance, that angels might be eternal beings that, you know, just like God is. No, no, they're created beings. I'm... I assure you that there's not an angel anywhere who is the equal of God or Jesus. No match for Jesus. Now, they might be able to annihilate us. That's possible if we allow them to. That's why we stay away from portals that open us up to unusual supernatural influence. We need to stay away from those things. But the devil is not a god the angels are not counterparts to, to Jesus or, or the demons, either way. They, they can affect time. They certainly can a, a affect space and matter. They can interact, I guess, with the material. For instance, angels were sent to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. You can read that story in Genesis 19. Uh, we know that angels killed 185,000 Assyrians, uh, angels moved the stone that covered the tomb of Jesus. That's what the scripture tells us. An angel unlocked the gate in prison where Peter was, was being held and, and let him free. So that took physical involvement. Angels killed Herod in a particularly gruesome way. The angel struck him dead and then worms ate him. According to Revelation 7, angels at times will... will uh, influence the actions of nature. Uh, 
and angels and their counterparts can infuse humans with supernatural strength in limited places and time. Though not having the ability to be at more, more than one place at a time, they seem to be able to move swiftly through space, and we also see that they can operate in large numbers at one time. So, unlike God, they can't be in one place at more than one place at a time. And they're, they're spiritual beings. They're, you know, and even though they're not flesh and bone, they can be spatially confined and can appear to be that way at times. In the Bible languages, they're always, angels are always described in masculine terms. And so that's something to be considered. Now, are they engaged with our everyday lives? Well, I don't know. What do we know? We know the Bible says that they exist. We know that, you know, there's energy and activity in our world that seems to go deeper than the human condition. You know, there's evil, there's good. I think you recognize that. If you don't watch the news, what kind of week have we had this week where we, we, you just see evil crop up in ways and you go, how could that be? How could anyone do something like that? And then you, you ask yourself, well, has that not been the way of the world since the world fell to sin? This evil that can come up and crop up in extraordinary, particularly heinous ways. God, through Jesus, has brought salvation. God has given his people the gift of the Holy Spirit, like a protective hedge that, that we can live our lives in. But we know that sometimes he also can send special ministers for his purposes, for his glory. But what Jesus shows us here, let me go back to what I said earlier, that we all need at times ministry. We need care. Even Jesus, the Son of God on earth, needed care. Now, the angels came and ministered. And let me make this point. I think it's good, it's proper, it's even advantageous to receive ministry when it comes to you. In whatever form that it comes. From others, from the Holy Spirit, if he chooses to send an angel, I would accept that. Ministering angels are significant because they display God's care for his people. So here's the thing. Receive ministry. That's what Jesus does. In the desert, he receives the blessing. Now, does God still use ministering angels today? I think it's a fair question. As far as I know, there's no place in the Bible where it says that that has stopped in any sense. And so the truth of the Bible is not just for the first century believer. It's for all of us in all times. And so here's a verse from Hebrews 13. I think it helps us to understand something that we might want to see in this question of whether or not they're still active. It says this, verse thir chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, Hebrews. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Now that's talking to us who are believers in Jesus. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. That's talking about you and me as believers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. That takes us into a different realm, doesn't it? So it, it, it seems to me like that verse says it's possible that we might encounter an angel at some point in our life. I think that's the splashy part, like the part we all like. like oh, look, you can, 
you could actually run into an angel. That'd be cool. Maybe you have. I don't know. It's that guardian angel, highway to heaven, you know, touched by an angel. Okay. If it happens. You probably heard stories about like somebody who, maybe you have one, I don't know who, you know, they're driving the car and it was a dark, cold night and the car, the engine started sputtering. They pulled off to the side of the road and there just happened to be some guy there who just happened to be a mechanic and he just said, hey, flip the, flip the hood here. Let's take a look. He jiggled something and zoom, you're off and you go, oh, must have been an angel. Well, he was an angel if that happened because you would have loved having that ministry. But I mean, I don't know. That stuff happens, I think. You hear about it. Maybe you've had some of that. Children tell stories sometimes about a friend who we can't see, but they can, who calms them down or who, you know, gives them hope and hard things. My, my mom told a story about my sister and I when we were little kids that made us believe that, that we were talking about uh, some person who brought ministry to us when we needed it after the death of our grandfather. I don't know. I don't remember it. But I don't think my mom would tell a story like that unless she believed it was somehow possible. I can't tell you how many times I've been with a dying person or talked with someone who was with someone who, like at the end of their life on earth, they seemed to glance off into the beyond and something happened, you know, where they experienced some form of connection that gave them hope for moving beyond this life. I mean, it's happened. I don't know if these are angels and experiences with angels, and maybe you've encountered that. I don't know. I'm not going to argue with you about it. I'm not going to tell you you haven't, okay? But here's the part of the verse I think we can focus on. It says this, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. So he's just saying, look, this is our ministry. You know, we're, we're God's people. And he wants us to bring ministry of love and hospitality to one another, to serve one another, to minister to each other, to receive and give that ministry to each other. Matthew chapter 4, verse 5 says, the devil tried to deceive Jesus. He misquoted scripture. He misquoted the 91st Psalm. And he said, he will, he's talking to Jesus about getting him to try to jump off the temple, the corner of the temple. He says, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Satan wanted Jesus to seek some supernatural involvement to test God's presence in his life. And I I think that's the problem that some of us face, to be honest. It's where we just say, you know, God, if you're real, give me something special. If you're real, show me something special. And yet, you think about Jesus now, his story. When he went to the cross, do you remember what he prayed the night before he was crucified? He prayed it several times. God, if there's any way, let this cup pass before me. Because he wanted something other than what, was, what he was facing. And he was hoping for something special. Did God give him what he wanted at that time? No, he did not. Because, and Jesus understood that. Jesus understood that for us to be rescued and protected, that he would need to go to the cross. Now, I would say this. Every one of us has every right to ask God for whatever help we can get. 
I, I believe that. I, I think God hears your prayers just like he heard Jesus's. I believe that God will not fail us even though we might lose a, you know, a, a battle, though we're going to win the war. And there are going to be times we don't get what we want. There are going to be times we don't have that help that we're hoping to have. It is in our weakness that he cuts through the noise and he proves that he's our strength. The question is, will you admit your weakness? Will you admit it? We know that Jesus was willing at times to admit his weakness, and that is God's son on earth. And if he will, and I won't, what does that say about me? It is in my weakness that he cuts through the noise, and he proves that he's strong. I need God's strength. So do you. And that means that we need the comfort and presence of others at times and that we're human and, you know, and that there are times when we need ministry wherever we can get it from. I mean, just think about the damage that can be done to our hearts and our minds and our emotional well-being if we lack concern and care from other people, for instance. If, if Jesus needed physical ministry after his ordeal, how much more do I? How much more do you? So the Lord shows us something about us in this. It is that we need each other, that we need to step into ministry and offer it when we can, that we need to be an angel to someone sometimes. Not in that sense, but we need to step in. You know, I, I want to point out something as we go into the time where we share the Lord's Supper together. This is a crucial time, I think, in our service. The Lord Jesus began his ministry with a meal. It's a meal that, that God brought to him and that he displayed for his disciples. It's a, it was an ancient meal. It was called a Passover supper. And it was, it was a meal that had the, the people of Israel, the children of Israel, had been, had been sharing together for centuries. And so Jesus sat down the night before his passionate crucifixion and he focused love in that meal. He, said, he, he opened the meal up, and, and, and then he said this, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Drink this, all of you. And when you do so, remember that, that my passion's for you, basically, that this is for you. I'm bringing ministry to you and the world. And this supper, it reminds us of that. Every time we commune together, it reminds us that he brought the kind of ministry we need. And so don't forget that, this passionate love that comes into focus. In the Lord's Supper, we have this physical ministry as we commune together. You know, because the fact is, you know, he, he may not bring you an actual angel, but maybe he doesn't need to because he brought himself, and that's enough. So let's pray together. We're communion. Now we'll come back and finish this message up afterwards. Lord, grateful for this moment when we come together and celebrate with you. We thank you for coming into our world and changing everything through your passionate love, your example to us, 
part of that example being that you show us that when we need ministry, we should accept it. And when we can give it, we need to do that. So Lord, as we commune together, there's things that we need to bring to this moment, our doubts, our concerns, maybe some of our questions. But let us not commune without also recognizing the great, great mercy and love of the Son of God, of you who came to earth to open up the pathway for everlasting love and life from Jesus and God, the Holy Spirit, all together in power and in grace. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So be an angel. You know, be a minister. That's our calling. That's, you know, we can wait all we want for what God's going to do, and he may bring in special forces. That's his call. The question is, my brothers and sisters, will we admit that God is the one who supplies the need, but he also uses the gifts of his people to bring ministry to? Will, will we be a part of that? Will we step into uh, the worship and praise of God by ministering to each other and receiving ministry from each other. Let me take it a step further. I've said it and so have you usually because we want to make excuses for our sins and failures and mistakes. We'll say, well, I'm no angel. Well, nobody ever said you were. (laughs) Okay. But I do believe there's someone right now in your life who you can identify with, who you can say, man, they could use a little help and I could step in. I mean, think about this. Did the angels, what did they do for Jesus? I don't know. Did they step in and provide food? Did they bring him some water, some fresh water? Did did they provide clothing for a man who'd been living in the same duds for 40 days and 40 nights? I mean, after not eating for 40 days, was he so depleted that he he needed their, their special concern medically? I don't know. But, but I think it mattered to Jesus. And I think it set something up for us. Because I want to show you something he said in Matthew 25, verses 31 and following. I think it helps us understand what he wants from us. Here's what it says. Remember this? He told us, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he's going to bring them with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. The sheep he will put on his right, the goats on his left. The king will say to those on his right, come who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of, of time. And uh, he said, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and in prison and you looked after me. I mean, you came and visited me. And the righteous will say, Lord, when did we see you in any of those conditions? Hungry, thirsty, sick, needing ministry, unclothed. When did that happen? And you remember what he said. I think you do. He said, well, you know what? When you did this for this, those things for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. I mean, is there someone in your life that has some food insecurity going on? I bet you could help. I bet you could step in. Is there someone who's 
you know, sick and could use a, a cheering up from a, a visit and a prayer? Someone you know about? I bet there is. I mean, are you sponsoring a child at Missions of Hope? Maybe it's time for you to replace your child's school uniform. It's that time of year. Step in. I bet you can do it. I mean, will you knock on the door of someone that you haven't seen for a while and say, I just, just care about you. Anything I can do? Can we pray together? I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of loneliness. The devil's a liar and he's tempting people and he's taunting us to believe that, that he doesn't exist and if he does, he wins. And that's all lies. Man, we get so busy, don't we? We get so busy. God commissions all people to be ministers. And if he wants to send some angels with you, he will. But until then, you go be one. Go be one. Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15, or 11.30 a.m. in Grand Island and at 10, 15 a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Call us at 308-384-5038 or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.